You talking to me? Well, after a few relatively quiet weeks in the theater at the box office, seems like the end of the year holiday rush may be beginning right this week. We've got some big ones coming out. Welcome. This is the Screening Room Podcast. She is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And right away, we have to apologize. We're a little hoarse. If we sound a little angry, a little sad, a little disappointed, <laughs> uh, we're still coming off the uh, World Series from a few days ago when our beloved Cleveland Indians fought hard. They fought valiantly. Uh, but they fell in extra innings. Man, what what an exciting, exciting ride. And, uh, you know, it'll take some time. We'll come to realize how great it was. Right now it just hurts. Too soon. Too soon. So we're a little hoarse from screaming. We were screaming. We were screaming. But, Everybody uh, was screaming. <laughs> but in between all those games, we found a way to see some movies this week because uh, this, as we said, it feels like the big end-of-the-year rush is starting now. Yes. And, of course, that starts with a superhero movie. And there's a new one, the latest in the Marvel Comics universe, and it's Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. You think you know how the world works? What if I told you the reality you know is one of many? Through the mystic arts, we harness energy and shape reality. How do I get from here to there? How did you become a doctor? Study and practice. Here's the bit. I've spent so many years peering through time. Looking for you. I've admitted before, I'm not a big comic book guy. I didn't even know that this was a superhero, Doctor Strange. I don't know how knew he is to the universe, so apologies if I sound ignorant on that regard. I just know that I met him through this movie. It's a different side. They mentioned that, you know, they have the Avengers to take care of worldly things, you know, worldly problems, and then Doctor Strange goes into the mystical, the otherworldly, the supernatural, and it brings in a lot of themes that are going to be familiar. You, You get some Harry Potter in there, you get some Star Wars with a dark side that seduces some students who aren't ready for it. You know, you definitely get some matrix with these alternate realities and how they can be controlled because Dr. Strange, who uh, is Benedict Cumberbatch, he's Stephen Strange. And uh, speaking of Stephen, he's a little jobs and a little hawking. <laughs> and uh, he suffers a terrible car accident and loses the dex- the dexterity in his fingers. And he's when He's a surgeon. He is a surgeon, neuro- neurosurgeon, brilliant. And when he gets frustrated by his rehab, he goes looking for alternate methods, and that search takes him to Nepal, and he gets under the tutelage of the ancient one, Tilda Swinton. Woo! Right there. You had me at I'll Tilda Swinton. I'll tell you Swinton. what. Well, let me add Chiwetel Ejiofor. Oh, my God. I, mean, I love him so much. this cast. Yeah. And Crazy great. Is, is really, Mads Mikkelsen. Mads Mikkelsen is the villain. Mm-hmm. And uh, this cast really, you know, Marvel does a great job of casting. They do. Uh, but this one especially, such talent here. And it really comes in handy because there are times in this movie where the dialogue gets a little cheesy. Yeah. And it could have gone off the rails a little bit. But this cast is so good. They can sell it. So um, anyway, Doctor Strange learns these new powers. And just in time because he becomes a new master when Mads Mikkelsen and his followers threaten to unleash the darkness, the dark dimension 
in a search for immortality. So the first thing about this movie is if you go, you got to you got to pony up for the IMAX and the 3D because this is one that makes it worthwhile. And that, you know what? That never happens. Rarely. You know, it's it's like not even once a year does a film come out and you think, oh, I'm so glad I saw it on the big, big screen with 3D. It, it just, it's so uncommon. Yeah. And so nicely done. Yeah, th- this one really, really does. Uh, and I know, I, I know that can get pricey. It really can when you're tossing in the IMAX and the 3D. But this one is going to be worth it. It's just, it's eye-popping and what they do. Just imagine, you know, back when we had the Matrix trilogy, and especially the first Matrix, when they started doing that crazy stuff, like, wow, and just add extra dimensions, 3D and depth and, you know, pacing. Uh, it's, It's really, it really casts quite a spell, and that is one of the major reasons to see this movie. But it is it is solid anyway, and it's a really good, it's one of the most satisfying, I think, superhero origin stories there just there are a few times where it does feel a little rushed i mean it's it's a weird paradox because at times they skip over things in a nice way okay we're moving that long and other times ooh, that feels a little rushed i know that that feels like well pick one pick one criticism but it just it is picking nits but it's just a little bit there in the beginning once they get into it but then once it leads to uh, the final finale it's it's really really spectacular the very very finale just just toys with excess just a tad for me. But uh, it's still solid, and of course it's Marvel, so stay for two extra scenes, one midway through the credits and one at the very, very end. Might give us a little bit of a glimpse as to what's coming, and I'm sure Doctor Strange is going to be tied in to, I think, for sure, the Avengers Infinity War. I think he for sure is going to be in that. So expect more from this character. And just FYI, expect uh, just to be overwhelmed by handsomeness with the first one. That's a lot of good-looking folks the together. The first post-trailer or post-film oh. <laughs> clip. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It's a lot of it's a lot of good-looking yes. in one. You can probably clip. guess um, if you have any if you listen to any <laughs> of our podcasts before Thor, which one she's talking about. So, uh, yeah, so I would definitely recommend Doctor Strange and go for the IMAX and go for the 3D. So that is, I guess, going to be the big winner at the box office this week. But we, I would think so. Uh, yeah, probably. These usually do pretty well, and it's gotten a. a mostly positive reviews i think so there's a lot of buzz going on about this movie and uh the other one and the other big one is a very talented but well let's just say he has some issues but we're just going to judge exactly what's on the screen because the latest from director mel gibson is called hacksaw ridge while everybody else is taking life i'm gonna be saving it that's gonna be my way to serve This is a personal gift from the United States government designed to bring death to the enemy. I'm sorry, Sergeant. I can't touch a gun. You don't kill. No, sir. You know, quite a bit of killing does occur in war. Private Doss does not believe in violence. Do not look to him to save you on the battlefield. You're saying you could go to prison. I don't know how I'm going to live with myself if I don't stay true to what I believe. With the world so set on tearing itself apart, doesn't seem like such a bad thing to me to want to put a little bit of it back together. Private Doss, you are free to run into the hellfire of battle without a single weapon to protect yourself. This film tells the story of Private Desmond Doss. I was not familiar with I was this not person. either, and it's an incredible story. It is phenomenal. It is amazing. He's the first conscientious objector in history to have gotten the Medal of Honor. He is uh, Seventh-day Adventist, 
And uh, in World War II, he felt compelled to join up. And he went through, he went through a lot to go ahead and get through boot camp. They was almost court-martialed. He was almost prison because he refused to touch a weapon. He just wanted to be a medic. He mm-hmm. wanted to be a medic and do good, right, but not kill anyone. And everybody thought of him as a coward. And then in one particularly horrific battle, after the army retreated, he did not. And he single-handedly carried 75 wounded soldiers Amazing. to... Um, Safety. Mm. It is. It, it's. A, it's an amazing story. It's. It's. And so, to be honest, you can forgive a lot of this movie because it is just such a beautiful and moving story. And Andrew Garfield plays Desmond Doss, and he does a lovely job. You know, he he doesn't feel like one-dimensional corn pone. He definitely never comes off as being preachy, it, and he has a really nice chemistry with all of the other actors on screen. The, the screenplay itself, not very strong, to be honest with you. Um, it benefits a great deal from some good performances because it is so, so burdened by World War II film cliches mm-hmm. that it almost becomes comedic, especially Ooh. once he gets to boot camp and he's like quickly introduced to all of those very stereotyped characters, one-dimensional characters. Absolutely. Yeah. Here's Hollywood. He's the good-looking guy, yeah. and here's Ghoul. He's skinny and ugly, and here's it's just one that, after the other after the other. That, the cardboard characters that happens so often in these movies. That's that was a problem with Fury, the the tank one with Brad Pitt. Absolutely, it, it was a pretty solid movie, but the way they just pigeonholed these. These stereotypical, you're going to be this guy, and it's it's just what, you don't have to do that all the time. No, and Vince Vaughn plays the drill sergeant, and it's interesting because so often when you watch the drill sergeant, sergeant shouting in some new recruit's face and, and calling him some ridiculous name that he's going to have to live with. Mayonnaise. It, it comes off as being almost comical. Mm. Well, when Vince Vaughn does it, it comes off as an SNL sketch. Yeah. And it's funny because it almost works, but a lot of times it, it kind of doesn't. Um, and, uh, but mainly, I mean, I, so, so Andrew Garfield is great. The story is amazing. And Mel Gibson is among other things, a very talented director. He is. But however you feel about his presentation, I have to point out that he's made a career as a director of emphasizing the bravery of a good, usually fairly peaceful human being by absolutely going to town with as much violence and viscera as he can fit on screen. Yeah. And this is no different. It, and and, and it, it, the more often he does it, the more ironic and irksome I find it because it's a story about a pacifist. And to tell the story about a pacifist, he has to glorify violence for two hours and 11 minutes. Well, now, you could say, just playing devil's advocate, you could say that that is just maybe to draw a comparison to how difficult it was to remain a pacifist in the midst of this. So you've seen Platoon, oh, yes. and you've seen Save a Priving Rod. I'm uh, telling you, I mean, there are there are Japanese soldiers pirouetting in front of the camera, absolutely engulfed in flame. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying I disagree with right. you. I think if it were just this film, maybe I would go, no, I think you might be right there. It is not just this film. Mm-hmm. It is his tendency mm-hmm. as a director but, is to choose a subject that is, in certain circumstances, the the opposite of violence, and to absolutely wallow 
in violence. And at the same time, as you're watching the film, what he's basically doing is satisfying your bloodlust mm-hmm. while telling the story of somebody who didn't have any bloodlust. And he's not, you don't get the feeling that he's wagging his finger at you for doing that. No. Yeah. But uh, on the other hand, you can't, uh, I'm pretty sure you'd agree that what he presents is presented skillfully. Uh, yeah, I, c- I couldn't possibly agree more. And I'm not going to, I mean, I-, I don't want it to sound like I feel like movies should not be violent. I don't feel like that, You just see actually. a tendency in his violence. Yes, and, and, and I feel like there's, um, there's an irony in what he's doing is that he's, it's as if he's making a film that is pro-pacifism, mm-hmm. but it's as if he's making, you know, so anyway. But to get past that, what you're saying, what you, what you pointed out is that, yes, very, very few people do as fine a job at staging violent action sequences as he does. Now, if you think back, not necessarily Passion of the Christ, because you certainly wouldn't call that uh, an action film, although it was very violent, mm-hmm. but Braveheart. If you think back to Braveheart and the way he... The way he choreographed action sequences. Now, these aren't like that. They're not as aerial. They're not as big in scope. But I have very rarely seen war footage where you feel like, I know where all nine of these guys are. I know where they are in relation to each other. Wow, I know where yeah. the enemy is. I understand where the mortar fire is coming from. It, it, and, and That's impressive, it, yeah. It is bre- you just watch it breathless the so, whole time. So it's a gripping story. It's a true story that deserves to be told. But basically, you know, go in with your eyes wide open of what you're going to see. It's going to be incredibly violent. It is going to be incredibly violent. And, and at the same time, um, uh, it's also... <laughs> It's hokey and yeah. one-dimensional, and it's full of World War II movie, movie cliches. But strong performances and strong, strong directing. Strong performances mm-hmm. and, and really masterfully crafted action sequences. Okay, and that is Hacksaw Ridge. And at the other end of the spectrum, Hacksaw Ridge not recommended for families. Uh, <laughs> the latest family offering from DreamWorks is an animated romp called Trolls. My name is Branch, and I'm a troll. Why do I live in a heavily fortified survival bunker? Because right outside my door lurks a nightmare named Poppy. A five, six, seven, eight. Everybody, Poppy is the leader of the trolls, and it's not her fault she's so insanely happy. She just never faced a real problem until now. Branch, we just got attacked by a Bergen. A Bergen. It took everybody. What's your plan? To rescue everyone and make it home safely. So you're going to scrapbook them to freedom. Solid burn, Branch. Now imagine my surprise. I thought this was going to be a hard-hitting story about how the trolls steal your socks (laughs) out of the laundry. Because we know they do it. We just don't have the proof. But no. This is a movie that is just, it's a wash in sound and color. It's really aimed at just about the eight-year-old crowd. Really, anything above that, you you should probably be the parents of an eight-year-old. Uh, bringing bring them to the movie. It tells the story of the trolls, and they are basically basically the happiest little creatures on earth. So trolls like the troll dolls. Yes. Yeah. The with troll the hair dolls. that stands up. Yeah. On the hair that, that which turns out to be very useful. There are many many ingenious uh, uses for that hair. They come they come in very handy with them. But yeah, they're the happiest creatures on earth. And the flip side of that is the giant ogre like creatures known as the Bergens are always after them because. Eating trolls is the only way that the Bergens can get any happiness in their lives whatsoever. That's sad. So, so uh, they manage to escape the Bergens for about 20 years and live happily, and, and they party all the time, and their watches go off every hour because it's hug time. 
and <laughs> they sing songs, and they're all happy except for one, and that is Branch, voiced by Justin Timberlake, who... Who should be happy. He should be happy. He's Justin Timberlake. He, and it's funny because I always thought that, you know, he's a good singer, obviously, um, but I always felt that his speaking voice was just a little something just wasn't quite pleasing about it. Well, this feels like he's maybe been working on that. Hmm. Uh, so it's a better vocal speaking performance. And he's Branch, the the stick in the mud. He lives in a doomsday bunker, and he tells <laughs> all these other trolls, don't be so loud because you're going to attract the attention of the Bergens. And get off my lawn. And get off my lawn and out of here, <laughs> and I don't want a singer dancer hug. And um, Princess Poppy... Who else Pope. is? Yeah, and who else is going to voice Princess Poppy but the plucky Anna Kendrick? <laughs> uh, she tells him, "All oh, forget it." Well, of course he's right, and the Bergens come calling, and the Bergen chef, uh, voiced by Christine Baranski, just hamming it up to full effect, takes off with a fanny pack full of trolls to make a big troll stew for the king, uh, voiced by Christopher Mintz Platz or <laughs> M- McLovin. McLovin. Uh, so, um, so then Princess Poppy has to convince Bergen to come with her and rescue their friends and get with the singing and hugging program already <laughs> and teach the Bergens that they don't need to eat the trolls to be happy they can find inner happiness. So it's a very repetitive, just happy, happy, joy, joy message. Okay, right. nothing, nothing wrong with that. And they use hit songs very recognizable hit songs. So, and they use formulas of other movies you're going to recognize, Cinderella, some a bit of Frozen. So basically, after a while, it's just they're just using reheated songs, reheated ideas, and right. just repackaging them mm-hmm. with a lot of a lot of uh, splash, a lot of color. They try to get some gags in for the parents, and a couple of them do land. There's a funny gag here and there, but overall, it's very formulaic, and it, you know, it's for a for an afternoon with your your young ones just to pass the time, it's totally fine. But it, th- that's about all it is, and it's mm-hmm. going to be pretty forgettable. It's, it also features some of the other um, voices, uh, Russell Brand, Zoe Deschanel. So it's got some it's got some decent voice talent. But overall, there's nothing that bad about it, especially for the little ones. They'll probably have mm-hmm. a good time. But it's very formulaic, and anything more than that, it's kind of not really anything to write home about. So those are the big ones at the box office this week. Well, actually, there's another one that you liked very much that's getting a limited release. It is. And if you have the opportunity to see it, I highly recommend that you do it. It's called uh, Gimme Danger. And uh, it's a documentary that Jim Jarmish made. We love Jim Jarmish. We do. And, uh, and he made it about the Stooges. I love the Stooges. Iggy so Pop the rock and the Stooges, band, right? yeah. The, not the Three Stooges. <laughs> there <laughs> no, were four of them. Better point that out. Iggy yeah. Pop and the Stooges. And it is a fascinating documentary. And, and part of it is because Jim Jarmusch is, is a brilliant filmmaker. And so he doesn't, although the whole kind of behind the music formula is right there for you. They start off in a trailer park in Ann Arbor. They they become really the first, the preeminent punk rock band and back to the trailer park. And, and I mean, it's, it yeah. would be a very easy to follow that formula, but he really doesn't. He, it's very wry and entertaining and interesting. Iggy Pop is fascinating, as he always is. So, There's so, some great music. Well, I was going to say, so would you say that you should be a fan of the music to enjoy this movie or no? Not necessarily, because, because you know, Iggy Pop is... An interesting person. I mean, you're you're going to be interested by him. God knows the things they did are fascinating. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Really early in the film, he says uh, he says I went to Detroit with a tab of mescaline and a shovel, and I thought, <laughs> of course you did. You're Iggy Pop. Come along for the ride, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, and and also just you know, if you're a fan of like rock music history, because they really, I mean, mm-hmm. he was the first person, arguably, to have ever done a stage dive. Mm-hmm. You know, and of course, he used to cut himself on stage and bleed. He would smear peanut butter. I mean, he was just he's and- just 
wild and, and bizarre, but, but so many of the things they did, they did first. And somehow... He's still alive. It is amazing. He's actually the only one. (laughs) So that's a, well, which is too bad. So that's Gimme Danger, uh, which is in limited release, if you're interested and can check it out. And the two big ones that are streaming out on video uh, this week include the new Star Trek called Star Trek Beyond. Now, I've enjoyed all of the rebooted Star Trek movies. And this one, if you're a real Star Trek fan, I mean back to the TV show. Right, right. This is the most Star Trek-y of the Star Trek movies. <laughs> they really embrace it. They really embrace it. They have a lot of fun with it. Simon Pegg co-wrote it. Uh, and so you, hilarious. Yeah, and, and and this one especially, Carl Urban, who plays Bones, yeah. really gets even more chance to get into that character, and it's got a lot of wry humor and just a lot of fun. So if you're a fan of Star Trek, especially from back in the day, you are going to love that. And another one that is, I don't know if it was a surprise hit, but almost every mom I ran into saw this movie, and it's Bad Moms. You know, and I uh, am a mom. I didn't care for this film. And I know, you know, and and on the one hand, I can understand the draw. You know, it's just a fantasy. You know, you're a parent, and you feel like you do everything at home. You do everything for the kids. You're the only person who does any work when you get to work. You're completely underappreciated. And so here is a movie that feeds that fantasy. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, I just found it uh, sometimes quite funny, sometimes very, very funny, but on the whole, I found it very flat, and I hated that there was not one dad in the entire movie. Mm-hmm. drove me sort of crazy. Uh, so uh, I found it very mediocre, although there were some laughs to be had, I'll tell you what. But I'll tell you, it made a ton of money ton. because uh, just groups and groups of moms would just go, and you know, and God bless them, have a good time. Yeah. But it's not one that we found particularly one to recommend. But next week we look forward to, well, do we? Maybe look forward to a couple of these, maybe just one. one. Arrival, yeah. which is a, a, a space or an alien encounter movie that is getting incredible buzz. Well, Dennis Villeneuve, the director, we love everything he's done. Yeah. He did did Sicario last and year. Prisoners. God, I love Sicario. He's so good. Uh, so that one, and Amy Adams yep. is, is is the lead, so we're looking forward to that. Also one that I think it's a true story, uh, Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk. Now, this is Ang Lee, the director, Yeah. but judging from the trailers, oh, man, it has manipulative. Yeah, I'm really hoping that the marketing department I am just really I am too. went over the top because I, I've got faith in Ang Lee, and so I, yeah. but it, yeah, I, I'm with you. This just looks like it's... But we'll hold out hope. Putting, and the first, pushing. the first of the holiday, true holiday movies, an ensemble comedy called Almost Christmas is coming out next week as well. So we will have our thoughts about those. But for this week, Doctor Strange, a big recommendation. Hacksaw Ridge, you would recommend it. Yeah, know what you're getting into. Okay. And uh, for the family, for the kids, the young ones, trolls, the little ones will like it. After about eight years old, I don't know about that. So uh, let us know uh, what you think about any of these or anything you're looking forward to. We always love to hear from you. Easiest way to keep the conversation going is on Twitter. We are at MadWolf. That's M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F. Also Mad Wolf Columbus. Uh, is our Facebook page and just madwolf.com. You can check out all the written reviews of all these movies and some other features. We always love to hear from you if we can, if you if you would like to. And the Screening Room Podcast is a presentation of the Columbus Radio Group and madwolf.com. And we look forward to uh, talking about those films that we just mentioned and what's going to be new next week uh, on video next week. So until then, I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Madden. And this is the Screening Room Podcast. See ya. I do wish we could chat longer, but... I'm having an old friend for dinner.